Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the weekend. Weekend wagers. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some great cash, homie. Welcome back, everybody. Weekend Wagers. We've got the final hour of the show. I'm Cam Stewart along with George Kurtz and Sean Angle. Hope everyone's having a good weekend. We got uh, some uh, interesting uh, baseball lines today. We're trying to find some parlay partners, do have some fun, hit some winners. And uh, George has been very, very hot with the baseball. It's uh, i got to be honest with you, though, George. It's kind of a, a trickier board today than usual. Like, there's usually games that really, really jump out at me. But, uh Today is a little bit trickier. Like, there's only a few things. I think we're going to be a little more selective today. I agree. I, uh, not too many things stick out today. Even the parlays. Usually you find four yeah. or five parlays you love, you know, uh, like, like that. And today I can only find two or three. So it's, uh, I guess I wouldn't call it a friendly board today. Yeah, you talk about the White Sox pitching. So the late slate's going on there. We'll get uh, to these games and the Battle of Chicago. George, interleague play, uh, good pitching matchup too. You got Lester and Giolito. Imagine the the White Sox if they can get uh, Kopich back there. It's hedge <laughs> with Giolito. And interesting. Uh, this looks like a team on the rise. I know they got some good young bats on the team. Uh, Cubs minus one fifteen on the road at the White Sox. Uh, uh, Giolito minus one hundred five total in this baseball game. Nine and a half. Cubs. Minus one and a half, plus one thirty-five, and the White Sox at home, plus one and a half, minus one fifty-five. I got a slight lean to Giolito in this game uh, with the White Sox at home there, George. But it's a tough one. Another, mm, this game doesn't jump off the page at me. I just like Giolito in this spot. The Cubs haven't been playing very well either. No, they have not. Uh, Battle of Chicago here. Uh, uh, once again, these uh, interleague series they have done when they had the interleague uh, battles, same thing with Cleveland Cincinnati. That's why they had yesterday off. They're only a two-game series anyway, so they had Friday off. They'll play Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's if anybody's wondering why that. And I was wondering that, and now I know why. <laughs> uh, Lester and versus Giolito. You know, the Cubs haven't been playing well at all. The White Sox are building a nice staff. If Giolito keeps this up and he's that kind of pitcher, Cease, we think it's going to be a future ace, and Kopech also. I mean, wow. Uh, they're, they're building a pretty good staff here, Cam. I'm, I'm liking what they're doing here. Yeah. Slow but methodical here. Yep, I know exactly. why they want the Machado so much, but uh, Machado spurned them. Spurn them. No lineups for you here. Uh, no lineups for any of the late games. So if you're looking for that, you'll need to check back later here. Uh, on my board here, I got minus 110 across for either one. Uh, plus 135 on the run line for the uh, Cubs. Minus 160 for the White Sox. Over on this nine and a half. Not feeling it. You know, it's one of those I'm just not, I'm not seeing anything I like. Yes, uh, I do. Like you said, I lean towards the White Sox. Uh, I think they're the uh, with Giolito, Lester. I don't trust him as much. I probably lean towards the over a little bit too, and uh, but I don't not enough to bet anything. I'm not I'm not going to put any money on this. Yeah, it's it's one of those games, George. It's I, I like the White Sox. I'm not going to pull the trigger. We'll see how things go. These are also 7:15 starts. Maybe if the four o'clock games look good and uh, the early games, I know uh, we're looking at Baltimore today against uh, Toronto. Uh, I was looking at Texas. You're kind of going to pass on the game, but Baltimore is going to make the card. And I know you like the Nationals too, but we can find some parlay partners. But these are later games, so maybe if things go well, we can uh, attack them accordingly. Next game, we got Angels uh, against the Houston Astros. We talk about Houston. Big favorite here. This might be a parlay dancing card here. Minus 235 with Cole uh, Heaney and the Angels, plus 195. Total nine. Angels run line, plus one and a half, plus 100, and minus one and a half, minus 120 for the hometown Astros. I like Houston in this matchup, uh, George, but uh, it's 235, so parlay, poly parlay, we will play. And we can't take it on its own. I don't even want to take it on the run line. I'm just going to do the old parlay. I'm definitely doing a parlay. Already mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to take the run line as well. I think I'm going to take the minus run. If, uh, it won't be a, it'll be a small amount. 
Uh, once again, tonight night game, not the latest night game. I haven't had luck on late Saturday night games. I'm uh, I'm discovering. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, I gotta stay away from those. I tend to bet those because it's, it's usually just one late game. It's like me and, and Friday night game. games. Uh, you know what I mean? Before the show, it's like, yeah, I'll get some action in there, and I'm looking at it going, oh, geez, like it's so frustrating. You know what I mean? Like you, I'm like, why did I do this tonight? I could have like I was having a really good time, and you know, you get greedy, right? You hit the button, and next thing you know, you're like, wow, that didn't work out, but. Got to be more selective. Yeah, sometimes it's just those uh, night. Yeah, it's either Saturday night or Friday night. I usually do really well on Sundays now, but uh, we'll see, George. It's tough. Uh, it's I like Houston too. They should be able to get it done. What's your opinion of Heaney? Heaney, he's not. You know, it's, I think my first opinion is he should have been better than what he is. Yes. Yeah, I've been I've been waiting for more from him, but he's not poor. You know, he's a little inconsistent, to put it nicely. It listen, it's been a rough week for the Angels, right? I mean, with the Tyler Skaggs passing for away. Sure. Uh, so it, it's certainly not been easy for this team in any way, shape, or form to go, go, go play baseball games. And what's, it's a game. And when a buddy of yours, a friend of yours, uh, uh, if, you're on a, if you're on a team, it's almost a family member passes away. It's not yep. easy. Uh, so anyway, with Heaney, I mean, you look at his numbers here, it's every other game. Five runs, one run. Five runs, one run. Five runs. So I guess today will be the one-run day. That could be bad. But he's literally, he's, every other game he's good. And then if you go by, this would be the game he should be good. That being said, it gets against Houston. I think Houston takes care of business. Cole has been very good. Uh, Cole's a free agent after this year. I would be almost borderline shocked if he's not a Yankee next year. Yankees wanted him uh, in that trade from Pittsburgh. They finished second to Houston. Now he's a free agent. I think the Yankees yeah. will sign him in the offseason here. But that doesn't mean anything for today. I think he gets, bottom line, I think he gets the job done. 3.28 ERA, 1.04 whip. He's striking out more than a batter per inning here. Uh, I like him everywhere. You know, I know Trout is as hot as can be. Was he got four home runs in three games? Something silly like that. Uh, Calhoun's hitting, Otani's hitting. I get that, but that's all that can hit on that team, and that's it. You look at Cole; he hasn't let up more. You realize he hasn't let up more than two earned runs in a game since May twenty second. That's good. No, enough he's, give me Cole. Is he your Cy Young guy, there, George? Ooh, is he the Cy Young? Verl- his there. partner, He's Verlander, right has got to be right there. He's right there. He is. He's right there. Verlander has to be right there with him. Odorizzi's now on the IL. Maybe takes him yep. out of consideration for a little bit till he comes back. Yeah, I think it's one of your one of your Astros. I mean, you know, you want to talk about a dark horse. He'll never win. But Lance Lynn has to be mentioned as well. Oh, Lance Lynn has been so money for me this year. I know we heard the promo with uh, Sussman, uh, the best friends forever. These guys are talking about it. And that's the thing. You're pitching in a very difficult park in Arlington, and Lance Lynn's been money in the bank. You bet him. The books still don't give him respect. They're waiting for the wheels to fall off. It's been great. You rarely, rarely see that where sports books, you know, make mistakes or give away money. But I'm just riding the Lance Lynn train as much as I can because his numbers, they're basically waiting for an implosion that hasn't come yet, George. You're right. I mean, and I'm waiting for the implosion that hasn't come yet. I'm surprised he's pitching so well in Texas. That ball flaws, flies out of that ballpark. I mean, flies. Once the weather gets hot, the ball travels further. And Lance Lynn is still pitching, I mean, very well. So I think he has to be mentioned. I wouldn't vote for him for Cy Young, mind you. In my mind, I think if you gave me the vote right now, it's probably still Verlander. I don't but, know. Cole. Uh, it's a coin toss. It's pretty close to a coin toss. And I think Cole is... Uh, it's starting to pass him. I do think that. But right now, I might still give it to JV. But uh, you can't go wrong in either one right now. But as far as betting tonight, give me Cole. It's a parlay, and I'm taking the run line as well. What about the total? You got Heaney, you said, who's like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Um, I know they have some dangerous sticks on both sides, but nine with two good, with two, like Cole's an exceptional pitcher. Heaney can be good. That seems a little bit high to me. I have eight and a half. That's why I'm not doing it. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, mine's eight and a half, so I, I can't touch that. Uh, once again, it's five four. A mm, couple of you know, home runs go out here, and maybe Heaney pitches like crap. Trout. The Angels are as far as for the Angels, their lineup is hot. You know, granted it was it was in te- uh, playing Texas. I get it, not the uh, toughest area to hit there. But uh, bottom line is no, I'm going to pass on the over under. Okay, well, yeah, no, I, I like Houston too, but I don't know. I'm thinking about the under in that game. Next game on the docket, George, before we get to the very late stuff, we got oh, the team that screwed me yesterday. Oh, yeah, the old Mets. Hey, Mets, how we doing? Yeah, now Syndergaard going. So the Mets at home against the Philadelphia Phillies. Syndergaard laying 55 cents. Jake Arrieta and the Phillies plus 135 at New York. Total in this game, nine. Uh, Phillies run line plus one and a half, minus 150 Mets. Minus one and a half, win by two or more, plus 130 on the run line. The Mets, again, favored uh, because of Syndergaard, minus 155 here, George. What do we do with this game? 
Are you thinking Phillies are going to lay off? We should probably just stay away from everything that the Mets do. They're bad there for you health. Go. You know me. Mets, <laughs> me and Mets don't go well. It's just not, it's not working out well for me. Uh, Syndergaard, he came out earlier this week stating he wanted Nito to be his personal catcher in the first thing yep. Callaway does. No, Ramos is catching, even though uh, you can see why. The ERAs with... Uh, with Nito and uh, Ramos are drastically different. Nito's a better defensive catcher. The, uh, DeGrom and Syndergaard both prefer throwing to Nito, but Ramos was the guy you signed to the free agent contract. So we'll see how that's working there. Uh, uh, listen, if not for my bias, the fact that I can't get the Mets right, I just can't do it. I think I've gotten them right literally maybe twice all season. It's just it's not working for me. I would probably go with them again tonight, but the bullpen is a train wreck. Even if Syndergaard has a lead, uh, we don't know if the bullpen can hold it. Diaz admits last night that he has no confidence right now, doesn't know what he's doing. Familia is a joke. Everybody else out there is terrible. <laughs> I mean, they're, bur- they're burning down their spring training ballpark. And uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm not touching it. I'm leaving it alone. I'm not, I'm not doing anything here. But if I was an objective person who things were going better for me, I probably would go to the card in the Mets. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the problem with the Mets is, is just like last night, George, lead give up lead lose the you know what i mean and and we were dropping to uh you know minus 200 with the grom it's still Syndergaard minus 155 it's like that's the thing the mets could be up in this game they get Syndergaard out of the game and then uh then it's on right and i don't like to do that when you're laying that type of juice to wait in those type of situations that's it's dangerous you're playing with fire when you're playing with teams with bad bullpens you either have to you know maybe maybe you take them in the first five you know, have you ever, do you do any of those bets? Like, I've been doing a few of them recently. I usually don't, but, you know, first five, that's what you got to do with teams with bad bullpens. Like, sometimes Baltimore, it's frustrating, though, when you don't get the runs early. You're like, oh, and they won the game. You know what I'm saying? I've rarely done that, but you know what? I kind of like that. I, oh, it's the Mets, man. Oh, a new way to lose to the Mets. But I think, you know gonna, what? I kind of like that. <laughs> I'm not going to force you to I kind of like that. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm, I learned with the Mets. But the problem was I did it one night. Remember the night that we had – it was yeah, it was with the Red Heat and Rage. I had the Mets as dogs that night against Paxson. I did a first five and a win. I think the game was tied or they were losing early. They actually came back late. I'm just saying, in theory, the first five bet would be a good team for, like, the Mets, Orioles – you know, pirates kind of they they blow a lot Bad of leads bullpens. late. Like, Bad yeah, 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 exactly. Like it's just certain teams you just can't hold uh, leads. But the thing is, are the Mets going to score runs earlier? Are they going to wait till the end of the game? That's the only issue that I have with the first five bet. But I think it's a good way to attack a team like the Mets because their bullpen sucks ass. Like it's it's a, it's brutally poor. It's all. Oh, I think I think strategically you're 100 percent correct. The way to attack the Mets would be the first five. Where you avoid their bullpen. Right, avoid it. Uh, my only worry might be, you know, Ariane is okay. He might be able to calm the Mets down as well here. That being said, you, you talked to me. Into, it'll be a small amount, just a little test of waters thing here. See if the Mets, uh, if me and the Mets can get along in the first five. Uh, and if it doesn't work, I, I promise you this: if, the, if, if this doesn't work tonight, I am not touching the Mets the rest of the season, or at least to the All Star break. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, no. I, I they used to be okay to me, but now I, I got a I got a case of the Mets uh, flu too. It really pissed me off. I needed that parlay last night, and they really really let me down. And and then I thought about it. I go, I'm the idiot to take these guys at minus two hundred. I don't care if Degrom's pitching. It's just that's the problem when you're dealing with that team. No lead is safe, and baseball is different than other sports, right, George? You got to deal with the bullpen. You see the guys, and the thing is, they have no guy. Like when the Yankees, I go, okay, it's Odovino. Uh, you throw Britton in there, Chapman. It's like you have a lead with the Yankees. Nine times out of ten, you're feeling pretty confident. You know you can go to bed or, in Georgia's case, put up more insulation. With the Mets, you can't, you're can't. you watching the game, chewing your nails, freaking out because they never close down a game. And uh, it's something to be factored into betting. But it's just hard to take these guys in the first five, too. They're just erratic everywhere. I think that's the bottom line. Like, you're right, George. I should take the Kurtz approach and make the Mets, put the Mets on the band, uh, on the band list. The Mets is just not a good team. You know, they, they run poorly. Yeah, as uh, Mickey Calloway, I keep looking at him. He wants to be fired. I mean, so, why are they, so put why this... haven't they fired him yet? Like, there, there was many opportunities to do it. If the guy wants, like, why not do it? It's the all-star break now. You know, you got other stuff going on. Start fresh. Like, say, see ya. It's been a slice and move on, right? It's it's now or never, I, right? I'm not blaming Mickey for all the Mets' problem. I don't, think, I don't, uh, I don't blame him either. But they but they need but the problem is you need a fresh face there. It's just been a train wreck with Vargas with everything. Like, you need to kind of just say, okay. I know it's the official. All you got, you get the All Star game second half. Let's try to be positive going into something here. You know, you got to kind of well, save face. 
what I believe, Cam, is this. You know, when, Bro, when uh, Brody Van Wagenhagen took over, uh, new GM, there's no way he wanted Mickey to be his manager. right? He probably has his own guy he wants to manage, yeah. yet the Mets forced it on him. You know, I don't know why teams do that. If you're going to hire a new GM, you should allow him to hire his manager. So there's no way Mickey was going to left. He was always going to be the scapegoat to whatever happens here because the GM wants his own guy. I don't know who that might be, mind you. But uh, maybe it's Ringelman who's on the Mets staff. Uh, but once again, he wants his own guy. And he'll, they'll certainly have a new guy next year anyway. So I, I just find it strange. The whole Listen, everything the Mets do, organizational-wise, is strange. They're, they're a poorly run organization from the Wilpons on down. And they've been this way for decades. This is not a surprise. I mean, last night was great. If you're watching the game, the Mets fans are chanting. First, they're chanting, we suck, which is very <laughs> apropos. And then they're chanting, uh, sell the team. <laughs> Which is, uh, I mean, and if I, 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 I'm a Yankee Cowboy and Islander fan, man, I understand bad ownership. You know, Steinbrenner for all his, uh, yeah, we won a lot of championships, but the man was a bad owner, a, a nutcase. Uh, the Lord knows the Islanders were a complete disaster as far as ownership, and I got to deal with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. You know, you got bad owners, you're not going to have a consistently good team. You're just not going to have it. Well, the difference between those bad owners and stuff, though, like the Mets organization takes it way worse than uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. They've they don't done, spend they've money. Done, they've done some good things, right? And they're and they're worth a lot of money. The Mets are just a, a dumpster fire from everywhere, right? Uh, yeah, but you're right though. Like I, I, I look at it. yeah. You guys had Charles Wong. You had a lot of things, but uh, yeah, that's a good point, George. All the teams that you like, you've had some real doozies in, in charge of the teams there. Like just weird characters and and guys who wanted to do crazy things, not just like weird things, but like insane things. I've had a lot of egos uh, man, yeah, and on egos the teams too. that I like there. Listen, Simon Brenner and Jones. I listen. They were they want they wanted to run the team. They wanted to do it their way. Obviously, it didn't work most of the time here, but one thing about them, they weren't worried about pocketing money. They nope, wanted to they win. They would have spent every dime they exactly. had to win. Exactly. And you, you give them credit. You give them credit for that. You, well, you, what you're knocking for is that they wouldn't let the people who knew what, know what they were doing do their job. That's what the problem exactly. was. Jerry, yeah, Jerry exactly. Jones wants to be the coach. Steinbrenner wanted to fire everybody if he didn't want to go 162 and 0. Hell, Steinbrenner was firing people if they lost to Tampa Bay in spring training. You know, why don't the Yankees and Mets play each other in spring training more often? Because you know it's it's a thing there. It's weird. You know you can't lose to the Mets in spring training. Too much pressure. It's a spring training game. Relax. But uh, the Yankees got good when Steinbrenner got suspended, and then yep. G. Michael took over. You know the Cowboys get good when Jerry Jones lays off and lets those people do exactly. the work. But, uh, exactly. But it's uh it's been it's been hard. <laughs> well, George, I got good news for you, too. I'm going to do uh, a NASCAR segment with the Prince there so you can call your brother, get some early bets in. We got Minnesota and Texas just off the board right now. Minnesota minus 200 live, Texas plus 165, total nine and a half. I'll go through some NASCAR with Sean. Hopefully, he'll give us some more winners this week. George and I will finish the night board in baseball, too, and give you our best bets and DFS picks to click, too. All this weekend wagers coming back at you. Sean and NASCAR. Vroom, vroom. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sean Cam Stewart here, weekend wagers, Saturday edition. Long weekend for everybody. Yeah, lots of uh, room, room action going on. Sean, usually the races are on Sunday, but tonight we got the Coca Cola Coke Zero Sugar 400 today. I'm a man who likes uh, the regular sugar, but I, I can understand, yes, the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And congratulations, uh, Angle. I got to give you a lot of credit, man. You made a couple picks last night. Uh, last week, picks to click, a 20-1 to winning. That's very, very hard to do in, in NASCAR. A lot of the time, the favorites come in, but you had a really good feeling last week, and it worked out for you, and hopefully we can uh, do something again. And from what you were telling me off air, uh, basically a dog's breakfast. Anybody can uh, win this one. You're saying there's a lot of lot of potential. And looking at the odds boards, you're absolutely correct. I've never seen co-favorites at 7-1, to usually 2 or 3-1, to Sean. Oh, yeah, and this is all just because of the type of track we are racing on this week, Cab. It's a super speedway, and it's Daytona. 
you should already know that Daytona, whenever you expect or even hear the word Daytona, as far as NASCAR goes, you can expect wildness, craziness, and just anything can happen. Yeah, no, I like that, too. It's, no, it's cool from a betting perspective, too, because you're looking at the favorites right here, Sean, and I see Joey Logano. Uh, he's uh, plus 700, 7-1. Brad Keselowski, uh, he's 7-1. to one. Like, some incredible, incredible value. Like, I guess it's... It's one of two things. It's harder to it's harder to pick the winner because it's so it's so varied. But if you are going to pick the winner, you're going to get probably double double the line value because anything can happen. So if you hit it big, you're probably going to win more units, right, Sean? It's going to be tough for uh, not just from betting and from DFS to put a lineup together because it's so uh, convoluted. Anything could happen at Daytona. Oh, absolutely, Cam. And this is all just because the fact of the matter is is that uh, when you think of a track like Daytona, you think of something like pack racing. With pack racing, you get lots of drivers that draft with each other, and they race in these really large packs. It makes it so sometimes it's hard for drivers to move up unless they get themselves a really good run in order to make position. And even then, if they miss making their move, they can easily fall far back behind. And that's not even counting the fact that crashes, which are very common at a track like Daytona, they could turn anything from, well, 0 to 100. It could change the story of a race in a matter of seconds, Cam. Like, one second, you could be winning the whole million, and then five seconds later, after the big (laughs) one gets triggered, you just lost all your money. Uh, I don't, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like me at the blackjack table, Sean. Hey, I'm up, double down. Oh, no. (laughs) There it goes. Yeah, I I know that feeling, so... It's a feeling that sucks. Yeah, so lots of electricity, lots of excitement. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like I like that uh, that style, though, because it makes things a hell of a lot more fun. So I'm going to look through, uh, well, before we get to your DFS uh, picks to click, and it's going to be interesting putting a lineup together. Here's uh, the tote board there, Sean. So Joey Logano, um, the favorite right now, plus 700 with Brad Keselowski, co-favorite at plus 700. Here's the rest of the guys. Man, there's a lot, a lot of big numbers here. Denny Hamlin, 10 to 1. Kyle Busch. 10 to 1. Chase Elliott, 11 to 1. Kevin Harvick, 11 to 1. Clint Boyer, 12 to 1. Ryan Blaney, 14. Yeah, man, you said it. These guys, like all these guys, like nobody's real spread out. Interesting. Uh, we got Kurt Busch, 14. Eric Almarola, 16 to 1. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 16 to 1. Martin Truex Jr., wow, it's weird seeing him at 16 to 1, but he is. Uh, Alex Bowman, your boy, 16 to 1. Kyle Larson, 22. Paul Menard, never seen him this high at 25. Jimmy Johnson, 25 to 1. Daniel Suarez at 33. William Byron at 33. And Eric Jones at 33. And the hell, there's a lot of guys here. Wow. Newman, 45. Dylan, 40. Wow, Sean, I could tell you, man. So out of these guys at the top, uh, that's 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 just a wild wild price for Logano and 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 Keselowski at seven to one. But who out of the main guys, I guess, at the top of the board, uh, do you have your eye on and you're looking at? I would think you're probably going to do multiple lineups this week just because things can get so crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely, Cam. If you want to even make sure you have any sort of safe semblance of picking lineups this week, Cam, you you just got to play multiple lineups. There's just way, way too many things that can happen that, that could just change literally the course of the whole race. So it's just you have to play multiple lineups here, and if you don't, well, you're putting yourself at a very huge risk right there. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So out of those guys, though, Sean, like with Logano, Kozlowski, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, out of the guys at the top, even though the numbers are really good, who are guys that you really, I know things could happen, but who are the guys that you're still saying, you know what, this is the guy I really want to focus on, a couple of guys at the top that you like? So if we're looking at the top of the board here, Cam, so far I am keeping my eye on those Penske guys and some of those Gibbs drivers too. So the Penske guys, in case you don't know, that I'm really keeping an eye on especially are, of course, the co-favorites, Logano and Keselowski. Both of these drivers have seen their fair share of success at Daytona, and Logano, he's been one of the most consistent drivers when it comes to this track in the last couple of years. In fact, he has about six different finishes in the last 
nine Daytona races of sixth or better. So he's been, again, one of the more consistent drivers. And experience really matters because, hey, if you get right up towards the front, which, oh, look, Joey Logano's starting on the pole, so he's already <laughs> going to be starting up front. That's right. He's going to be able to really hold back the field, especially if his car is good enough, which – in the first practice session, it was looking pretty good. So Logano, he's one of my favorites there too. But if you want to fade off of Logano and Keselowski, again, those Gibbs guys have been looking pretty strong here too. You got Martin Truex Jr. who's been looking solid through practices so far. And you also got Denny Hamlin who we have to remember this, Cam. Denny Hamlin was the last driver to win a race at Daytona, winning the Daytona 500 earlier this year, too. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And Eric Jones, well, he's been he's the defending winner of this race. He won this exact race last year, and he has been doing pretty good in recent Daytona races with three top tens in the last four races there, too, Cam. He's also been looking pretty nice in practices, too. So overall... You got some options up front here. Big time. Jones is also shiny. He's 33 to 1 to win. I know winning's a lot, but uh, might want to put him in some like top five and top tens uh, for, you know, obviously you shave down the odds. I'll give you some uh, top five odds and we'll see uh, who the best are. See if we can find some big, big underdogs. Yeah. So, wow. Even these guys, isn't this interesting? So for this race, Sean, usually just from a gambling perspective, you're usually laying juice like minus 200 for a guy like, but since you said it's so tough at Daytona, even for a top five Logano, you're not laying, laying any juice. Logano, plus 100. Keselowski, plus 100. Kyle Busch, plus 150. Denny Hamlin, plus 150. Kevin Harvick, plus 170. Your boy Alex Bowman, who did you a, a solid last week, plus 225. A lot of uh, nice prices there. I like, to, I like to see the plus instead of the minus there, Sean. So at a top five, guys, who, who are like those guys that you say, you know what, even though the race is crazy, I like these guys for a top five. Like already mentioned, a lot of those guys uh, that I've previously mentioned before, Logano, Keselowski, Hamlin, Truex, a lot of these guys, they're starting pretty close to the front already, but they've already shown that they have some pretty nice potential cars in order to actually keep themselves up there too. Now, you got also somebody, yeah, Alex Bowman, he's been looking pretty solid too. Chase Elliott's again looking solid too. Elliott's starting seventh, Bowman's starting ninth. You got all these drivers, and again, because qualifying was rained out yesterday, so the uh, qualifying and starting positions were set by the point standing. So the drivers are currently leading the points, which is Logano and Kyle Busch are at the front row. And this is important to keep in mind, too, because starting position it literally is what dictates how risky your driver is going to be if you want to put them in your lineups, especially from the DFS side th of things here too, Cam. So that's something we got to keep in mind. But really, when you also think of Daytona, you also have to mention a lot of these lower-tier guys because, again, Daytona is a track that's known for producing a lot of underdog wins. After all, last year, Eric Jones, he never won a race before uh, last year's event at Daytona in July, and he got his first career win at that time. Nobody expected him to win because it was a wreck fest that time, Cam. So what pooch would you like there, Sean? <clears throat> we'll start it up at like Menard, 25, Jimmy Johnson, 25, Suarez, 33 to 1, Byron, 33. Uh, what else do we got here? Jo yeah, with Jones we talked about, Austin Dillon, 40. To Benetendo, I always screw up that guy's name every single time. 40 to 1. Ryan Newman, 45 to 1. Hemrick, 50 to 1. Priest, 80. Wallace Jr., 80. Boucher, 80. Are any of these guys, would you actually, like for the gamblers out there, say maybe a sprinkle on this guy, Sean? Out of those big pooches, who are, uh, who, who's a guy to maybe put a couple bucks on and hope to hit a big one? A couple of these guys actually have a pretty fair chance of actually making their way towards the front, too. Jimmy Johnson, after all, he's been having a pretty solid run through these practices so far. You also have to mention uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's been looking pretty good here, too. Chris Boucher, again, he's been having his fair share of solid finishes when it comes to Daytona, too. And also, uh, DiBenedetto has been looking 
like one of the absolute best plays throughout practices. And here's another thing to remember about the Benedetto here too, Cam. He was the driver that led the most laps at the Daytona 500 earlier this year too. So for anybody that's really thinking of uh, trying to be bald and pick a driver right there that could possibly steal a very nice finish right there to Benedetto might be your man too but there's one other driver out of those you mentioned that I do want to talk about too and that is Ryan Priest because he has been especially solid so far at the Super Speedway events this season he finished eighth in the Daytona 500 and at the very last Super Speedway event at Talladega he finished third and that is quite that's Quite amazing. surprising right there. You know what the best is, Sean? I've never seen this before. It's good. I'm glad that everything that you're saying true. I've had matchups on my site. They're all even. Like, there's no favorite, no underdog. They're just strictly head-to-heads. They're exactly 10 cents either way. So I'll ask your opinion on any of them. Uh, so we got Almarola versus Bowman. Any opinion on that match? Who will finish better? I think that one is going to be very close, but I'm going to give the nod to Bowman there just slightly. Yeah, these, these guys, uh, trust me, they're not giving money away. It's tough. As we mentioned, the two co-favorites, Keselowski versus Logano. I'm going Logano here overall just because he's starting right up front. When you start right up front, you have that advantage, and if you have an experienced guy up there, he's likely to stay there for at least a while, lead a couple of laps. That also makes Logano, even though he's a very, very risky play just because he can easily fall back due to place differential at the same time, though, he has one of the earliest opportunities in order to lead a lot of laps right from the get-go, which could make him a very strong DFS play at that same time there too, Cam. Jimmy Johnson versus Paul Menard. I am going Johnson here. Johnson has a better handling car as shown through the practices. And Menard, sure, he starts about mid-pack, but it's going to take him a while in order to get up front. Johnson starts a little bit closer to the front and has a little bit less risk of getting involved in crashes. Now, here's the thing here too, Cam. If you want to pick drivers that uh, are likely to avoid the big one, you want to go for guys that start all the way in the back or you want to pick guys that start all the way in the front too. Just middle of the pack. If a crash starts to happen towards the top part of the pack, everybody in the middle is going to be in trouble here. That's a good that's a good call. What about Harvick versus uh, Chase Elliott? That's a tough one. Tough matchup indeed too, but I am going to go with Chase Elliott here actually just because he's shown some more muscle when it comes to these super speedway events in recent years, a little more so than Harvick. Got Bush and Bush here so Kurt Bush versus Ryan Blaney. Kurt Bush and Ryan Blaney. <laughs> Overall, I am going to go with Ryan Blaney here just because of the Penske cars are just have overall been one of the strongest teams when it comes to these event types. So overall, Blaney here. And finally, Kyle Busch versus Denny Hamlin. That's a tough one, too. Tough one indeed, but I'm going to go Hamlin here. After all, he did win the Daytona 500 earlier this year, so he knows a thing or two about winning at Daytona, Cam. Nice shot. So, uh, so this is the week if you want to go with some, uh, who are a couple real dirt, dirt cheap DFS guys that uh, you like to put in a couple lineups. I know we're going to have multiple lineups. And instead of one or two picks, maybe we'll do three or four or two guys that you like from the top and two big pooches. But uh, who are the guys uh, when you're looking at it there, Sean, for really cheap prices that are uh, good to put in some lineups? Since you mentioned both the top and bottom here, Cam, Starting from the top, the two guys that I've been leaning on the most within my DFS lineups here. Well, actually, I'm going to say three technically because uh, it's Logano and then I got Hamlin and Eric Jones pretty much as the three guys I've been using the most when it comes to DFS lineups from the top. But if you want to go much further down to the bottom, we have plenty of options to do that. Chris Boucher is looking pretty good. Matt DiBenedetto. The, both of the Dillon brothers, Austin Dillon and Ty Dillon, both have strong track records at Daytona as well. So overall expecting some nice things there too. Ryan Priest, again, he's been pretty good at the Super Speedway events so far this season. So I'm expecting some nice results here too with him once again. Also, you got to think of the, some of the front row motorsports 
Pete's drivers here, too, which are very lowly priced. Michael McDowell and David Reagan in particular, both experienced drivers, both have seen their fair share of success at Super Speedway events. So overall, we do have plenty of options here, too. And even if you really, really wanted to, Cam, you could just stock a lineup full of these guys that are starting around like 30th or so back, and you still have to potentially even cash in with a pretty nice payday. Well, Sean, we got about a minute left. Uh, how about a picks to click? You hit a 20 to 1 last week. Give me a few guys that you think could win. Maybe a, a top pick and a couple dogs for you. Well, who do you got for us? All right. I am going to say Logano is going to be my top pick. And then after mm-hmm. that, I am going to be going with Eric Jones here and also Matt DiBenedetto as my boldest choice. Ooh, 40 to 1 and a 33 to 1. If you hit if you hit another winner this week, uh, Prince, I'm going to have to start going uh, crazy with your uh, NASCAR picks, buddy. I appreciate it. Coke Zero Sugar 400. Sean's amazing. Hit a big winner last week. It's at 7.30 tonight, so enjoy the racing. At the other side, me and Kurtz will go through the rest of the baseball. Best bets of the day. Hey, thanks, Prince. I really appreciate it, buddy. I'm going to bet some of your matchups, too. Hopefully, George has got some winners in baseball, and I got some CFL picks for you. New dude to it. Weekend wagers coming back after a short break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. very much Sean thanks for Sean coming on talking a little bit of NASCAR George and I will go through the rest of the baseball board I'm Cam Stewart George Kurt Sean Engel weekend wager show Saturday edition we are back tomorrow also at 12 with lots of baseball to get to hopefully hit some winners I got a couple Canadian football league picks and our best bets uh, before the end of the show there George but we'll finish uh, the night card as well because uh, yeah it's a little bit of a interesting schedule in baseball tonight but uh, ooh, the Minnesota Twins are up three nothing yikes I was on the Rangers I should have listened to Kurtz 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 no Castro had a sacrifice fly to center field, and Buxton singled in Sino and Scope. Oh. Uh, yeah, 3-0 Twins, bottom of the uh, second in here. Uh, Buxton still on first uh, base. Two outs, and Max Kepler. Max Kepler is at the dish this year for the Minnesota Twins. Another I'm guy who could have, been a, he could have been a possible home run derby contestant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 3 nothing, 3 nothing. uh Unbelievable, George. I was feeling pretty good there. It's early, but uh, not not the start I was looking for. Uh, the next game up on the docket, uh, the Jays and Orioles, 307 start, and uh, the line's gone down, George, to plus uh, 130 for Baltimore instead of plus 140. So I hope you got in on it earlier. We'll finish the schedule right now for the night action. We talked Phillies and Mets. We're done with the Mets. I can't take them at minus 155. Who cares if Syndergaard's pitching? Next game on the docket, we have the St. Louis Cardinals and San Francisco Giants. Um, basically, yeah, the Giants have been playing better ball. I got to hand it to these guys. Like, you know, they're they're really battling. Madison Gum- Bumgarner, minus 130. Mikolas, plus 110 for the Cardinals. Seven and a half is your over-under. Uh, Cardinals run line, plus one and a half, minus 200. And the Giants, minus one and a half, plus 170. Do you have an opinion here, George? I got to tell you, I'm actually a little bit mad at myself for not being on the Giants more during their little hot streak. Did look good last night, though. Uh, they got no, uh, they racked, uh, racked by they the Cardinals. It was good for me. I had Hudson. Good for me. Good for me. And so it's all about me. You know, so it's all, <laughs> it's all whatever it is. It's all about me. Uh, Mikolas has not pitched well, right? Uh, for most of the season, has not pitched well. Bumgarner, uh, he's been more good than bad, but a little inconsistent there. That being said, I still lean towards the uh, Giants here. Cardinals, I mean, they scored nine runs last night. It was like a week's worth of runs for them. So uh, I, I do wonder if tonight's going to be an uh, offensive uh, meltdown, shall we say, for the uh, Cardinals there. So give me uh, – I'm going to have something on the Giants. It'll be a small amount. It won't be big. But I'm going to have something on the Giants tonight, uh, minus 130. Minus 130 for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I, I think I like them too there, George. But what do you think about Mikolas? He's been kind of a up-and-down type pitcher, um, some, some downs too. 
he tends to get into a little bit of trouble there. Are you are you a fan of his work, or what do you think of Ikelis? You know, he had a magical year last year coming over from uh, over from Asia. Uh, I think it was uh, the Korean League. And he pitched very well. And some people were very high on this year. I don't have in any league. I wasn't drafting for where he was drafted as a top 20 starting pitcher. So I guess I didn't believe. And uh, so far, it's a uh, good thing I didn't draft him. He's at a... Uh, I think saying so-so is probably an insult to so-so. He's, been, he's not been good. He's just not been good. and certainly not uh, returning draft value. 4.35 ERA, 1.25 whip. Uh, striking out, I mean, a batter, pretty much t- uh, two batters for every three innings. Uh, not, not numbers that are going to help you fantasy-wise. I mean, uh, there's, there's nothing there. Five and eight overall here. So uh, in, in my mind, that, that's pretty much what he is, though. I think he's a, maybe a slightly above average starting pitcher, but nothing great. You know, nothing yeah. great. Uh, he has pitched better of late, however. Maybe he's starting to figure things out. Last three starts against Miami, the Angels, and San Diego. He's only allowed four runs in uh, 17 innings pitch. So, except maybe he's starting to figure things out. Maybe he's a slow starter for whatever reason. But as I said, he's got four strikeouts for each game. He's not giving you anything. As far as if you're, if you're at DFS or if you're thinking about uh, even fan, uh, regular fantasy league, what's he giving you? He's not giving you points in any, uh, any, any one category. So that's exactly. my worry about him there. But that being said, it is the Giants tonight. Yeah, it is the Giants. I kind of like Bumgarner, though, at minus 130. I think uh, the Giants could figure it out tonight. Seems like a short price. Next game on the docket, uh, Colorado taking on Arizona. Your boy Ray, minus 120, up against uh, Gray. Gray and Ray. Wow, uh, rhyming. Eight is your total, plus one and a half, minus 180 for Gray and the Rockies, and minus one and a half, plus 160 for Ray and the D-backs. Are you done with the D-backs yet, uh, George? Or are you going back to that uh, dangerous snake? You know I'm done. All right, Saturday night in Arizona, it's not happening. I told happening. you, buddy. No, I'm done. that team is just scary, scary, scary. They're, the, it wouldn't Arizona happen with this game the anyway. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't happen with this game, game anyway. It is. Gray and Ray, two good stuff. But Gray has pitched very well. I understand it's Arizona ball flies out, and the Rockies got their doors blown off last night by Zach Greinke, uh, eight zip in that game. But I'm not touching this. No, thank you. I'll pass. Uh, good game to watch, though. You know, 10, 10 o'clock game. If I'm home, I'll be checking this out. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass on this game. I kind of want to take a shot with the Rockies. I'm going to pass on this uh, baseball game. It's very, very difficult there. I don't know, man. Arizona, it's just, yeah, I should just stay away from their games. They're just a team that drives me absolutely nuts. And then uh, we got uh, another couple uh, late games there, George. Um, Oakland at Seattle. We got, oh, our boy, the Basset Hound, minus 140 up against Gonzalez, plus 120 for the Mariners, over under nine and a half. Uh, Oakland on the run line, minus one and a half, plus 115. And Seattle, home pooch, plus one and a half, but laying 135 if you like them on the run line. What do you think about this ball game, Oakland and Seattle? Kind of, I like the Basset Hound. He's been pretty good to me, actually, when I bet him. Yeah, it's another game. Um, it's really, I just have no interest in watching this game or even turning it on, so I'm probably not going to touch it. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you. If I was, it would be the Basset Hound uh, as far as that's concerned. They're the better team. You know, the Mariners aren't playing for anything. Hanager's now being shut down again. This team just has nothing going for it. And if it's not nailed down, it's going to be traded within two and a, three and a half weeks here by the deadline. Gonzalez had a very strong start to the season. It's gone straight downhill ever since. And, you know, it's funny. The more I look at this, the more I want to bet this game. Uh, I think I like the Oakland A's run line. Actually, just sort of, I'm getting plus on the run line here. I'm going to take the Oakland A's minus one and a half here on the run line. I've changed nice, my mind. Imagine, imagine nice. what happens, George. Yeah, George, you're you're not just uh, you're not just liking the A's. You're getting greedy too. I'm gonna see what this. Uh, so remember, we talked about the Nationals. I want to see what this Nationals, Houston parlay pays with because I'm gonna put it to put in a bet right now. Probably you still got to lay juice. One of them's minus four twenty. That's only you know what? It's only minus one thirty. I like that. With Washington, I'll take minus that gladly. You know what? I'm gladly in there too. I'm gonna definitely take that. I think that's a very very nice price. George, if you want to get on the Orioles, I think you better snap it pretty soon. That line keeps on dipping. I'm seeing like a 145 now right, for Toronto. No, you did. You see it here on top. You're all packed for a night on the town. You've already bet the Orioles. See, George? That's what happens, eh? When you don't drink or whatever, you're like very focused and on top of things, getting fiberglass work done in the attic. It's just uh, it's very inspiring. Final game on the card, we got uh, San Diego and the Dodgers. Hopefully no earthquakes tonight, but uh, you said it. Uh, Maeda at home, the favorite, minus 165 up against uh, Horse in the Paddock, plus 145 for Chris Paddock. Uh, it's Chris Paddock, isn't it, George? It's Chris? Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was Chris. Yeah, okay. Uh, eight and a half is your total. Uh, Paddock, plus one and a half, minus 140. And Maeda, minus one and a half, plus 120. Maeda's one of those guys, George. I'm not sure if I trust him at minus 165. I'm going to give the Padres a long, hard look as a dog. I agree with you. I don't trust Maeda either, although I bet against him last week, and he pitched a gem. And I was like, you bastard. Uh, I, didn't try. I, think it was, I think it might have been a Colorado game, too, if I remember correctly, uh, where he, he didn't pitch great, but he didn't pitch poorly. He didn't pitch as poorly as I thought. I thought the game was going to go over. That's what it was. I, I bet the over, and he ended up pitching well enough where it didn't go over because it was like 13 or something silly like that. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. The thing is, I think I need this parlay. I think this is the, part, the second part of the parlay I'm looking at. So, uh, I think I need this. So, I think I might have to go with him again. Once again, I mean, Last three starts, only going to have two runs in each start. Six runs total. Although last week in Colorado, he only lasted four and a third innings. Over that, seven innings, five innings. So six runs in his last 16 innings. That's I'll take that. It's not. It's not. It's not great. It's not poor either. So uh, I'm probably going back to the well here, only because as we discussed earlier, it's a weird board today. I just can't find many parlays that I do like. Yeah, uh, I, I don't feel comfortable laying 65 cents with Maeda. There's something wrong. Like just, he's just a guy there, George. That. You know, uh, I, I don't mind doing it like 80 cents with uh, Walker Bueller or, or Kershaw. He's just one of those guys. He's been very like he's been hit hard sometimes. And I don't think they're justified for that price. Before we get to into our best bets of the day there, George, uh, DFS, what slate? I know you're heading out. What slate uh, are you playing today on DraftKings? I'm playing the... I'm going to play both slates, but the one I have up on the board right now is the uh, late afternoon slate, the 3, 4 o'clock, uh, three, four o'clock slate. Okay, perfect, perfect. So uh, I'm going to go get this lined up here. It's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting betting board. Is DFS, did it come a little bit easier to you today, George, trying to avoid some games with some weather? Uh, what pitchers are you going to go? Scherzer, Bieber, Snell, any of these guys, uh, who do you like? Well, listen, I would love to go Scherzer, but I'm not paying 12200 I mean, it's, it's yeah. just that simple. You go Scherzer, it means you're going with a cheap lineup. So I didn't go Scherzer. You, you can if you want. If you want to go cheaper hitters, I decided not to. Shane Bieber I like as well, but it, if I was going to go 10-8, I would just go 12-2 for Scherzer. I ended up going Max Fried and Descalfani. Fried like against that. Miami, 6,500. We already said that lineup that we don't like for Miami today. So I'll take the cheapness and Fried of 6,500. And then I decided to go Descalfani against uh, Cleveland. I know Cleveland's hitting better of late, but for 7,900, I'm going to take him. Other guys you could possibly look at. I did think about Porcello at 7,300 if I needed to save $600, but when I filled out my main lineup, I did not need to save. So I stayed, uh, I went with Descalfani instead of Porcello. What do you like at uh, the catcher, George? A couple uh, options there. You save some money at pitcher. Who's uh, who, who, who made the cut? I, I, for catcher, I did what I like to say I, I do. I went with the cheapest option that I can live with, which is for me is I, I didn't mean to. I actually went with a little bit, a minor Tampa Bay stack here. So give me Travis DeArnold against the soft throw in uh, CeCe Sabathia. If CeCe hangs one, I'm hoping Travis can hit one out of the ballpark here. I did give some thoughts to spending more money. I mentioned Vasquez batting third today for the Red Sox against Zimmerman, but he's 4,400. I don't think I could p- quite pull that trigger. Just a little too much for me. First base, uh, lots of options, George. Who made the cut? I'm, I'm spending up here. Give me Josh Bell. Yeah. Give, me, give me number one. Yeah. <laughs> you saved your money. You might as well spend it somewhere, right, George? You, Ex- you got exactly. some value plays. Look at this guy, man. 23, 23. It's ridiculous. This guy's just on a he's on an absolute heater right now. He got six RBIs last couple games. Like, this is nuts. Josh Bell is just en fuego. Look at that OPS, 1.042. I don't even know what to say. Yes, pay up for Bell. Second base, George, who are, who are your guys? Second base, uh, once again, I went cheap here as well. And I'm, uh, this is my mini Tampa Bay stack. Mark Brousseau, guy who just got called up. This guy has a quick bat. I don't think CeCe's going to be able to get the ball by him. And once again, Brousseau has looked good in the first two games against the Yankees, hitting some shots at a home run yesterday. I like Brousseau. $3,000 allows me to get some other big bats in my lineup. There we go. So what are we going to do? Uh, so have we done second? So third base, George, uh, who do you like at, the, at third? I went number one here, too. Uh, Devers? Pretty simple. Yeah, I went with Devers. Yeah, just, just too good. I mean, this guy's a home run game oh right now facing Zimmerman. Oh, my These Lefty on righty. <laughs> wow. Devers is uh, four home runs his last four. 42-point night against Toronto that night. Oh, yeah, I remember that game. He went absolutely bananas. Six RBIs, 22, 23, 42. Sold, George. Sold. I'll take Devers for 5,600. How do you not? And Devers. I mean, he's, he's just too hot. I mean, the home run last night was the left field to an opposite field shot that I couldn't believe one out there. He's listen, you're riding the hot guy here. Not that Devers isn't a good player anyway, but you're riding the hot guy against a so-so pitcher here. Batting second, probably going to get five at-bats. I'll take my chances. 
shortstop a little bit tougher? Or, uh, who would you narrow it down to, George? I really wanted to try and get Trey Turner in my lineup and go number one again, but I couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah. fit it. Even even if I went to save the $600 on Disclafani, I needed a lot more than that, actually. So I uh, couldn't do that way. I ended up having to go the opposite direction and go cheap. You know, I thought about William the Dames again, but going three Tampa Bay Rays I think was nuts. So I decided not to do that. And I ended up going with Arcia on uh, Milwaukee. Once again, two pitchers, pretty much unknown guys. See if you get a hold of one here. I'm not expecting much from Marcia, but I need the cheapness. For When you see what my outfield is, you'll understand why. I need the cheapness of Marcia at 3700 And, uh, yeah, as you said it, George, nice tease. And the outfield position, uh, three make the docket, or the three that you really like, and uh, a couple other guys that caught your eye. Once again, with this lineup that I was a uh, put out there, I was able to put Yelich in my lineup at 5,800. Nice. Betts in my lineup at 4,900. Uh, now, I had to go a little cheaper on the last guy, and uh, I was wrestling with a couple of guys here. I ended up going uh, Jesse Winker uh, for 3,700, which gives me Home no run cash potential. back. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. When you, you know, when I throw a guy in there that I know is so-so, I'm praying for the home run. And really, if, if one of Arcia, Winker, and maybe Brasso, if one of them get a hold of a pitch and hit it out, I'll be in good shape with all the aces I put in there. I did think about Jake Bowers as well. But the only reason I didn't, I'm starting Descalfani. I don't like doing that. I don't like starting guys that uh, against the pitches that I'm starting. I think that sort of defeats the purpose there. Obviously, I could have put in Soto Acuna in my lineup if I wanted to. I decided not to. But there are lots of options here. I'm staying away from the Yankees. I did Gleyber Torres. I gave some thought at second base or shortstop. But in the end, I like the other guys I could put in. I want to get as many stars. I could put a lot of stars in my lineup today. Devers, Bell. Betts, Yelich. I love this lineup. It may not win, but I love what I was able to do with it. No, I agree. And the thing is, yeah, you save money in good positions, and you got hot guys on fire, and that's what you got to do. You got to pay up for some guys and take your chances. You saved a little bit with your pitchers. So, you know, I like I like where you're going, George. You're riding the hot hand right now. What are uh, Kurtz's bets? Who, who made the card, George? We get into the our best bets of the day. Who are you riding on the diamond tonight? Uh, weird night. Lots of, lots of options. I'm just not sure where we're going. There's about five or six games I like. Who do you got well you mentioned I, I like the Braves you know both the, the run line and the money line there I took the Braves not touching the Mets not touching the Diamondbacks never 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 uh, Giants <laughs> will have something on it how much will depend on how my day is going uh, both uh, betting wise and when I hang out with my friends I'll lay that bet later on Dodgers are going to be that, that second parlay with me I don't have a choice I don't love it I really don't love this parlay but I, I want to bet the other game so no choice there um in the American League, I didn't touch. The, I took the, the Baltimore Orioles. They're Baltimore. my dog of the day. I'm yep. riding Cashner. It's just riding Cashner here. Uh, we, uh, Red Sox, they were part of the parlay. I took them on the run line as well. Houston Astros, we talked about. I took them. Uh, Oakland, Seattle, you talked me into that. I'm going to take a the run line. Yeah, not, yeah, a little bass. I'm going to take the run line minus one and a half. So I'm getting money, plus 110. So I'll take my chances there. And that will be it for today. I love the Canadian Football League guys uh, game tonight. I'll tell you something. The Toronto Argos are absolutely brutal. BC's winless, but they're much better. BC minus 17, minus 120. I like them to murder them. Late game, Calgary plus five and a half against Saskatchewan. A teaser, BC pick them. Calgary plus 12 and a half. And uh, those are things that I absolutely love. I think you could try to middle it with Saskatchewan if you like it there. But BC, Calgary, seven point teaser. Calgary plus five and a half. BC Lions minus seven against Toronto. Bets I love. And in baseball tonight, we got the Baltimore Orioles plus 140, San Francisco minus 130, two-game parlay, Washington and Houston minus 130, uh, take a shot with the Basset Hound minus 140, going to ride George's wave with Atlanta minus one and a half, and San Diego as a late-night dog. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, you guys, good luck to, with all your bets tonight. You can catch me, George, and Sean tomorrow at noon for the Sunday edition of Weekend Wagers. Have a good time tonight, George. May the winners be yours, buddy. Hope you hit a big one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good luck. Good luck, everybody.